Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. The kids are all right. And maybe the kid is all right. Two goals tonight, the only two goals for the Blackhawks. And Connor Bedard becomes the youngest Blackhawk in history to score an overtime game-winning goal. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11.30 tonight as the Hawks take down the Winnipeg Jets 2-1 to in overtime here at the United Center and end a little skid as they get back in the win column. Let's head on upstairs and bring in our pal Troy Murray. He's been on the call with John Weideman witnessing a, a fun one tonight, at least a fun ending. And, Troy, we were talking about it a lot tonight, that Winnipeg was really holding the most control in this game, definitely through the first 40 minutes. Not quite sure about your thoughts in the third period, but the Hawks found a way tonight, and they found a way because of their young phenom, because of their goaltender, and a few other uh, suspects as well. We're actually going to get Alex Vlasic in just a few short moments, but this was another victory for the Hawks where they were able to find a way and pull out a victory, and, and you got to give them credit for it. Hey, you got to give a lot of credit to the way that Peter Mrazek played in this game. They got a little bit lucky maybe at some points. I think John and I were trying to tally it up. At least five posts um, <laughs> and crossbars for the Winnipeg Jets. But, you know, those those factor into the game. There's no question about it. Mrazek was great. The penalty killing did what they needed to do. Uh, yeah, power play didn't get anything in the two opportunities. And Connor Bedard <laughs> makes the difference in this game. Um, Boy, I'll tell you what, he is fun to watch. And at only 18 years of age, you mentioned it, the youngest Blackhawk in history to score an overtime goal. Uh, only things, things are only going to get better moving forward. When he got the puck in overtime, and he, he's starting to just come from the high slot into the slot, and you see the two Winnipeg Jets kind of converge, I just thought to myself, just shoot it, because he's he's got that finishing touch. He's able to deceive so many guys, and just things happen when he shoots the puck. So it's also just good to see him not holding back there and just firing away the puck and just having confidence in what he does best, and it really showed tonight. Well, there's no lack of confidence in, in his game, that is for sure. And If you look at the Jets, I mean, when Connor Bedard gets this puck and he starts heading towards Winnipeg's end of the ice, he's got Lowry right behind him, or sorry, Shifley right behind him, and Josh Morrissey, who was one of their best defensemen, um, he, he backed up too much. I mean, you, you got one guy coming in on two defensemen. Somebody's got to move up and take that opportunity away from Bedard, and you could just see that you know, when he crossed the blue line there and Winnipeg had backed up, I, in my mind, I'm thinking he's going to shoot this puck. There's no way that he was going to try and do anything else there. And the, the little toe drag and changing the angle, going back against the grain ever so slightly, it fooled Connor Hellebuck. I mean, he, he just, it, and it was a great shot. You know, the position about a foot and a half off the ice, below the, the, the glove, above the, the pad. But when he gets into the top of the faceoff circle and he just whips that puck, and you, you had a real good look at it here on slow motion, the whip of his stick when he takes this shot, he used a very flexible stick, and he just he takes this in one motion, 
You know, he's got speed. He's got speed. And he's looking. He's got his head up the whole way. He never even looks at the puck. He knows exactly where it is. And boy, you know, just he knows. He's looking to see where he shoots this puck. Incredible. Yeah, I'm down here watching the same replay that you are right now. And and you're right. He he's just the entire way. He knows what he's going to do. I, I wasn't and... watching a replay. That was from my. That was. <laughs> Well, that, you just—that was my recall. You just painted a beautiful picture, Troy. That, that's amazing. You were able to just <laughs> better pull that than the one that recall. I was watching on TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got Alex Vlasic here. He just popped in, and Alex, this was a very impressive win. You guys found a will, found a way. Whole bunch of different factors. Obviously, Connor Bedard. Obviously, Peter Mrazek. Uh, what about the PK tonight, though? I, I mean, just a, a stellar job by the Hawks defense. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it's been a little bit up and down throughout the year. I think we had a good start and, um, you know, I don't know necessarily what the problem was. Uh, some of the, some of the games, I feel like, uh, there were some bad bounces, pucks going off guys in front of the net and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it was a great job tonight. I think, uh, we had a good pre-scout in the morning and guys executed the plan. We're going to head upstairs, bring in Troy Murray. Alex, you missed some time. You come back, you pick up an assist, you're plus two and over 20 minutes of play. How did you feel? Uh, really good, honestly. Yeah, I think uh, better than uh, better than I thought I would have. It's uh, it's never easy, kind of coming back out of out of nowhere after two weeks being out, and uh, you know I didn't really get too many practices or anything under my belt. It was just kind of skating on my own. Uh, luckily, I had those three days with uh, you know Christmas break there, and um, had a good uh, opportunity to kind of rest uh, rest up and, and get back after it. Are you surprising even yourself with how seamless of a transition you're making this year? Um, at times, yeah. I mean, I think uh, the more I play, the more I uh, gain confidence, and I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I found myself, I feel like, at the at the start of the year kind of being nervous going into uh, some games, and then, you know, it translated into being fine for the games and then maybe being nervous for some overtime, even though I knew I wasn't getting out there. But um, now, you know, <laughs> starting the overtime, it's it's kind of crazy. I just uh, honestly kind of tune out the noise, and, and um, I find that I'm proud of myself for that, just being able to kind of, uh, like you said, take that step and, and not really worry about uh, anything that's going on, uh, you know, outside of what I can control. Now, Alex, you've, you've talked about this in the past, but, you know, we're at the halfway point of this season and you're, you're playing some stellar hockey. When you look back and you played a handful of games last year, I know there were some frustrations that you were playing in Rockford, but now when you look back at it, how important was that season to you in your development to where you are now? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It, uh, you know, never easy getting sent down, and uh, you obviously want to be in the NHL. That's the goal for, for every hockey player. But, um, yeah, like you said, looking back now, I think um, I'm so uh, so happy that I was able to go there, gain the confidence, and, um, you know, be the, be the man down there, play, you know, 20-plus minutes a night, and um, just really hone my skills and then uh, made the transition pretty easy to, to coming into this year. Do you ever find yourself telling some teammates how important it is to take advantage of that time because you're obviously such a success from it? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we had some young guys get sent down early in training camp, uh, Del Mastro and, and Allen, and they're, they're great players and uh, they have bright futures. So you try to do your best to kind of um, – I, I think they did a good job and, and you know, Kaiser as well, uh, kind of knowing that, you know, it's not necessarily because of their play or, or anything like that. It's just the way of the road for, I'd say, you know, 80 – 85% of, uh, of hockey players and that, are, that are coming into this league now, it's, it's hard to make the transition right away and jump into the NHL. Very few guys can do it. So, um, yeah, you definitely got to take advantage of that time down there and, and uh, really work on your game.
Alex, you were talking about, uh, you know, not being ready to play and, and some of the things you weren't able to do just being at home. What were, what were some of the things that, that, that kind of told you that you weren't quite ready because you weren't able to do them around the house? Yeah, I mean, just kind of, you know, putting on shirts and stuff, mm-hmm. some tight, tighter shirts and sweatshirts. Um, that was honestly, like, the hardest thing, being able to, like, uh, use that strength of, <laughs> of my shoulder and kind of, like, yeah, extend and raise up. It was it was a pain. The first night was pretty brutal uh, dealing with it. It was the first time I kind of dealt with a shoulder injury. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely not 100%, but it feels feels good enough. And, um, you know, once you're in the game, it's it's pretty easy to kind of, you know, tune out the pain and, and kind of focus on your play. You got some pretty arm long arms anyway. I feel like that could be a, a challenge no matter what yeah, shapes yeah, your shoulders in. Definitely. I got to work on putting some, some meat on those bodies. Curls <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> uh, Peter Morazic with another sensational outing tonight. What, what's the feeling like out on the ice when you know you've got him? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was talking to a couple of guys. I forget, uh, I forget who it was and, and when, but just being able to have that confidence and faith in a, in a goalie, I feel like I've, I've had that uh, – you know, a couple times throughout my career, but especially this year, it's, you know, when I was uh, not playing and, and you're watching the game, you see a, ch- uh, you know, a great A chance for the other team, and, and all of a sudden it's, um, you know, could be in the back of the net, but you kind of have that faith in Raz. You kind of know that, you know, 95% of the time he's going to make that save, and, and it's so nice to be able to um, play for a goalie like that, and, and he's, yeah, I mean, he's been, could be, you know, the number one star for every single win that he's been in the, in the net for, so it's uh, it's great to have him back there. All right, I'm going to go to the other guy who was on the ice tonight that happened to do some spectacular things, Connor Bedard. Yeah. <laughs> what are you seeing from this young kid that is amazing you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You could uh, you could go on and on. I think it's just his knack for the net. It's crazy. You know, it kind of reminds you of a Matthews. Just um, they, they score, you know, and, and it's, you know, if they're not scoring, they're putting up points. I feel like there was a couple games when I wasn't playing sitting out and um, you know, you check the score sheet. At, you kind of watch the game. You check the score sheet at the end of the game. He's got two assists, and um, he, he's just always in the right place. He's creating chances, and you can't really give him too much room. It's it's great to have him on the team too. I think you know he's one of those guys where, especially in overtime, uh, you put him on the ice. It's um, you know it's hard to contain him, and you, you know you're always going to get a great A chance with him, with him being out there on a three on three situation. How tough is he in in practice to defend? Yeah, it's uh, it's cool to see him practice co- too because I think he's uh, trying some different things that he normally wouldn't do in a game. I think one of the practices earlier in the year, uh, going against him like a one-on-one, he you know he's able to kind of hit your stick out of the way before he makes his move, so you're out of position. Like it's just cool things like that you pick up and learn from him, and um, he's always able to kind of use his angles and use his edges to avoid uh, pressure from other players, and and that's uh, super cool to see. And, and like I said, learn from. I think there's you know, everybody in the locker room is learning from this guy who's 18 years old, and it's uh, it's so cool. And it sounds like even him being on offense, you being on defense, you're able to become a better player just practicing against him, huh? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking to myself, it'd be nice. Uh, I got to get him to skate here in the summer with me and and uh, go up against him because that'd be some some good competition for me to, to for me to practice against. Good. In, in, sorry, Joey. Inside the locker room, Alex, is he a vocal guy? I mean, he's pretty quiet. His personality is not a, a you know a, a largely outgoing type of personality. But uh, how is he inside the locker room? Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's uh, you know more or less the same in the locker room. He's not too vocal. I think we've got a good amount of uh, you know leaders that are um, you know older veterans and uh, you know Felino and, and Murphy and Jones and all those guys. So. 
Um, you know, he's not speaking up uh, uh, too much, but uh, I think for him, it's just, you know, we can all learn from, from him. He just leads by example in that sense where, you know, he's the first guy at the rink to show up and he's the last one to leave. That type of mentality from him, it's it's contagious. You know, I find myself trying to, you know, if I'm thinking about leaving the rink early one day, you know, I see him maybe going up to the gym and getting a stretch. It kind of makes you rethink, you know, what you're doing and, and maybe, you know, hey, I should. Darn that kid him. anyways, right? Because yeah. you guys look yeah. bad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's awesome to, to see his work ethic and his mentality uh, that he brings every day. Yeah, we were supposed to be off the ice 10 minutes ago, but but Connor's still out here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I know you were itching to get back out on the ice, but nice timing with, with the Christmas holiday, you being a hometown kid, get to spend a lot of family time? Yeah, it was uh, it was special. My uh, my aunt is here from Scotland, so I wow. got to, uh, she finally got to see a game. You know, she was worried coming here uh, that, I, that when I got injured that she wasn't going to be able to see me play, so I, you know, figured I got to step up and, you know. Um, and, and Put on the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was cool, you know, just driving 30 minutes and, uh, spending some good time with the family sisters in town and, and, uh, yeah, it was really relaxing. Has that gotten real yet? 30 minute drive to the United Center for work? Um, not really. No, it just kind of feels like, uh, feels like it did, you know, growing up, just like playing hockey. I feel like it's, I don't really think of it as like a a job or anything like that. It's just kind of like what I do. And, um, that's, you know, obviously a good thing. I feel like everybody wants to feel like they, want to go to their work and their their job and they don't want to have to you know dread it or anything like that and i'm excited to get there every day so that's uh very special i'm super thankful for that around the vlasic house what time did everything happen on christmas morning um i'd say like we're not we're not uh too early or anything like i set my alarm for nine uh, my sister's kind of the one who gets up pretty late so we're all waiting around for her um but i can't blame her you know she's got a few days off work so it's always been like that with her and um i don't know i like to sleep in too but at the same time i'm too eager to open all my presents you know your sister's the one that pushed you to go out to the to rink and skate all the time though right oh yeah oh yeah so different wake-up call for her nowadays though yeah yeah she's got you know a few off days so she takes advantages of uh takes advantage of, of those days what was on the wish list for christmas um, let's see. I think, uh, well, I got a, I got a French press. That was, uh, wow. Cause I, oh, I wow. Yeah. And, I, and I made some coffee quite a bit and then I broke it uh, accidentally and knocked it over in the sink. So, uh, Santa got me one of those, which is nice. Well, that is, uh, that's quite, quite the Christmas gift. So, uh, maybe some, uh, extra caffeine for, for the next game. And, yeah, exactly. uh, you can hand some to your sister so she doesn't have to sleep in too much anymore. Yeah. All right, Alex, thank you very much for the time. Congratulations on the win. Best of luck. Thank you very much. That is Alex Flasick after the Hawks take down the Winnipeg Jets 2-1 to one in overtime here at the United Center. And, Troy, another, like we said, a game that this team was able to pull out, find a way to win. But, uh, you know, Alex Flasick is definitely one of these guys that is, as we've mentioned, he's one of the most consistent players on this team. But another one of those guys, one of those underlying players, that helps out with the PK, that that helps keep Winnipeg kind of at bay, even though they had a couple of high-quality scoring chances and just another reason why this team was able to pull out a win. If you, if you look at the absence of Seth Jones, I mean, you have to have somebody fill those minutes. And Isaac Phillips, <clears throat> excuse me, Isaac Phillips, <laughs> I'm losing my voice, you know, played... Uh, I think a team high the other night, almost 21 minutes. 
you got to find guys to fill, fill that void. And Vlasic, uh, before his injury, was that guy. He's just been, you know, he's a guy that you can count on. And he's, you think that he's been around the league for 10 years, the way that he plays the game out there. And he didn't do anything spectacular in this game tonight. He just was solid. There was no hits. And I think that maybe has something to do with the, you know, the injury that he's dealing with or, you know, trying to get over and heal up as best as possible. But, you know, you just look at his size out there. Tough to defend. Uh, tough for people to, to go around him the way that he defends his long reach, his ability to read plays. I, I, I really think that the development that he got last year in Rockford is, is a major reason why where he is right now and why he is the player that he is right now. And, and he talks about that. And I think it's really important for, for young players you know, that, that don't think that they should go to the minors and, and improve their game and work on their game. The American Hockey League is a really good league. And if you go down there with the right mindset, with the right, you know, um, goals and, and ambition to get back and, and earn your way back into the NHL, that's what's important for these guys. It's, a, it's an opportunity that they can't, you know, pass over and they can't get mad. They can't go complain to their agents and everything. Go down there, work on your game like a Wyatt Kaiser. There's numbers involved in, the, in all the equations here. But for Kaiser to go down there, play some big minutes, understand what it is to play at the pro level. You know, he came out of college and, and came right into the NHL. Played great, and, you know, if there, was, if there wasn't a numbers game, he'd probably be here. But go down there and work on it and, and, and really use Alex Vlasic as an example. Yeah, it clearly worked out for Vlasic, clearly worked out after spending some time not available to a plus two tonight with over 20 minutes on the ice. All right, Troy, fun win, fun game, fun broadcast, and uh, we'll, we'll let you go so you can uh, weather up that, that voice for you because we got, uh, we got a big road trip coming up that uh, we're definitely going to need your expertise for. Yeah, and I don't think Connor Bedard is going to go down to the minors anytime soon, even though we yeah, can't go Are you sure? Down. <laughs> That's just my opinion. <laughs> I, I think they want to keep your record safe, though, Troy. <laughs> do, you, do you think they might they might bring him down just to keep that one sacred? Uh, maybe. Maybe, okay. maybe. All right. We'll have to wait and see. All right, pal. Great stuff as always. Good to be back. Good to be back. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. Talk to you Friday. All righty. That is Troy Murray. He and John Weideman on the call as the Hawks beat the Winnipeg Jets. Two to one. We've got a lot to get to, but we've got to get to a break. We'll take your calls. We'll take your text. 312-981-7200. A Connor Bedard overtime game winner. Let's talk about it on the Blackhawks postgame show. 720 WGN. The Blackhawks, Wildcats, and the NFL play here on AM 720. On smart speakers, say play WGN Chicago. Whether it's a plumbing emergency, such as a flooded basement, or just a simple repair like a clogged toilet, Plumbers 911 is your source for the best licensed plumbers. Every plumber has background checks, insurance, and 10,000 hours of training. Simply put, when you call 833-PLUM-911, you'll be connected with one of Chicagoland's most trusted contractors. Wherever you are, a Plumbers 911 contractor is always close by. Call 1-833-PLUM-911. Plumbers 911, where they do it right the first time. What do the Blackhawks and United Airlines have in common? The next generation has arrived, and the future looks bright. New planes are joining the United Airlines fleet every week, decked out with Bluetooth connectivity, screens and power at every seat, and bigger overhead bins to fit everyone's carry-on. Book your next trip on the United app or united.com today. United Airlines, proud to be the official airline of the Chicago Blackhawks. 
This holiday season, make your gift unforgettable with custom imprinted jewelry from Forged Informed. Picture the joy in your friends or family members' eyes when they unwrap a personalized pendant, bracelet, or keepsake adorned with the picture or fingerprint of a loved one or even a nose print or paw print of a cherished pet. It's a gift that's not just beautiful, but deeply meaningful. A token of love and connection. Hey, this is Lisa Dent. It's simple. Upload an image and the team of skilled artisans at Forged Informed will craft a masterpiece that captures your heart on stainless steel, sterling silver, or 14 karat gold. Visit them online at forgedinformed.com this holiday season. Share the love with beautifully created and authentically imprinted jewelry and keepsakes. And for a limited time, use promo code WGN at checkout for a 10% discount. Order now for the perfect holiday surprise. Visit ForgedInform.com today. That's ForgedInform.com. Before and after every Bears game, tune into Happen OB on 720 WGN. Sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Chevy Silverado, official truck partner of the Chicago Bears. The Vlasic. Vlasic along the left boards. Hawk zone to Bedard between the circles. He'll break up ice through center ice and over the jet line. A Torberg and a shot. He scores! Hawks winning overtime! Connor Bedard scoring both goals in the game tonight, including the overtime game winner. He becomes the youngest Blackhawk in the history of the Chicago Blackhawks franchise to score an overtime goal. Hawks win an OT 2-1. <laughs> And Connor Bedard, 18 years old, 163 days, scoring that overtime game-winning goal, taking down the Winnipeg Jets 2-1. to one. John Wideman on the call. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or if you'd like to text and share your thoughts. We'll give Connor Bedard our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top-ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. Here are the four youngest Blackhawks in franchise history to score an overtime game-winning goal. As we mentioned, Connor Bedard now the youngest. Before that, it was Patrick Kane at 19 years old and 125 days. He did it on March 23, 2008. The third youngest Blackhawk in franchise history, Kevin Korczynski, scoring an overtime game-winning goal earlier this year in November at 19 years and 156 days. And the fourth youngest Blackhawk to score an overtime game-winning goal in franchise history, Jonathan Taves did it in December of 2007 at 19 years old and 237 days. So obviously some quality company for Connor Bedard. And even if he wasn't able to notch that accolade to get that stat tonight or past whatever Jonathan Taves' age was when he scored his first overtime game-winning goal, he continues to just light things up. He continues to just make things happen. And he continues to be everything we pretty much expected him to be. I think tonight shows you a couple of examples of his finishing ability, his drive, his tenacity, his want to do anything he possibly can to score a goal. That was the first goal of the game. Three consecutive shots on goal by one Connor Bedard. And this came after the Hawks were being outshot, I think, 8 nothing to begin the game at that point. A lot of his offense has come in the first period. Tonight, he scores his 14th and 15th goals. 13 of his 15 goals, or no, it's 12 of his 15 goals have come 
in the first period. So he's he's definitely taking advantage of the space he's given in the first period, maybe teams being a little bit uh, unaware of, of how dynamic he can actually be, but that, that really doesn't take away his performances later on in the game because we've seen him be just as explosive and have just as much finesse later on in the game. Uh, but then... As Troy mentioned, in overtime, when he's coming down the ice and uh, Winnipeg makes the mistake by having two guys back up, that, that's a very good point because that kind of just gives Bedard the opportunity to only go against the goalie. And one of the most threatening things that he has is his finishing ability, the fact that he's shooting the puck. It looks like it's going one way, but it actually goes another way. So it's it just continues to be something to marvel at and i've said this a lot before it's it's not even just his scoring ability it's his passing ability to set up a goal there was almost another situation tonight where he comes down into the zone on the jets end uh brings the puck onto the near wall and then Nikita Zaitsev comes flying in from the neutral zone, and he's able to see that, and he's able to feed him, and he's able to thread the needle with a great pass. And a lot of times this year we've seen that succeed into goals, but even though it didn't happen tonight, it's it's still there. That threat is always there. Take a look at the text line, and again, 312-981-7200. From the 630 area code, <coughs> Excuse me. what a historic and exciting overtime goal by the kid. While the Jets were definitely putting pressure on, it was clear Mrazek was incredible tonight, as always, to seal and limit the shots on goal. Looking to keep the excitement going on the road this next stretch. Totally agree. And let's face it, this wasn't a great game played by the Hawks. It was a great win, but they were being outplayed through the first 40 minutes, definitely. Third period, I think it was kind of more of the same. You do have to give the Hawks the credit for their power, or excuse me, their penalty kill. You do have to give them credit for how they were able to limit Winnipeg. They did get bailed out a lot by Peter Morazic. They got bailed out by the goalpost, as, as Troy said, maybe five pings tonight for the Jets. But listen, the Hawks are, are totally in a position to be taking advantage of some breaks and using it their way, and they did that tonight. And, and you can't take anything away from them for pulling out a win this way because of all the critical texts and calls and tweets that I get when the Hawks aren't able to pull out wins like these. you, you got to celebrate these types of victories and these types of performances, even if they are maybe a little lopsided with a few individual efforts. Uh, from the 646 area code, Hi Joe, for some reason I thought overtime was four skaters. Was it changed this season? And I promise not to tell you the garbage, the kitchen garbage smells. Peter Puck in Peoria. Boy, that's uh, that's an alliteration. Uh, hi, Peter Puck. They changed the rule a couple years ago. I'm trying to remember exactly when. It, it might have been the the lockout from 2013 where they just changed it to three-on-three overtime. I'm a fan of three-on-three overtime. I know it's kind of a polarizing issue. Uh, I think it's it's a fun way to uh, entice more goal scoring in the NHL, to finish games quicker. And one of my favorite things about the rule is that it changes once the playoffs begin and you just go to a typical period and it's still next goal wins. Uh, from the eight, eight, five, uh, excuse me, 815 area code, I heard Wayne Gretzky contacted Connor Bedard about his goal the other night against St. Louis. Is there audio of Connor responding to that? Yeah, we actually played that in the pregame show. Maybe we can play that when we come back 
uh, in the next segment. Um, but yeah, Bedard talking about Wayne Gretzky, talking about him, just basically still being very humble, saying it's cool that Wayne Gretzky even just knows who I am. Uh, Gretzky was saying that he didn't think he'd be capable of pulling off a Michigan goal like Bedard scored against Jordan Bennington the night before Christmas Eve down in St. Louis, but uh, started talking about the curve on his stick, maybe holding him back, and then Bedard joked around saying, yeah, I don't think he could with the curve on his stick, but then kind of lightened up and said, no, I, I think he'd be able to do it, and I think so too. I think the great one would be capable of that. Uh, but the confidence in Connor Bedard just continues to grow, continues to shine, and just continues to allow him to be who he is and what type of hockey player he is. It's just very nice to see all of this happening right away. Um, I know with how much hype that was brought in with this kid, it's almost like expected, like, okay, well, why wouldn't you? But think about how different this Hawks year would look if Connor Bedard was really hitting some struggles. And, And let's face it, he's 18 years old. There's still a long way to go in his hockey career. But the fact that he's doing this at 18 years old right in his first 34 games in the NHL just really uh, seems to be that the experts were right and even the non-experts were right about what he's able to bring to the ice each and every night. Jess Morris, he's got a breakaway for the win for the Jets over the hawk line down the slot. He shoots. Morazic came out with a save with the pass. Who's pucking from the net? Niederreiter's got it back in. Morazic with a blocker save. That is tonight's save of the game. Peter Morazic with another stellar night in between the pipes for the Hawks. He ended up finishing with 37 saves in this game. Hawks beat the Winnipeg Jets 2-1 in overtime. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. Connor Bedard with both goals for the Hawks tonight, including the game winner. He becomes the youngest player in Blackhawks history with an overtime game-winning goal. Let's head over to the phone lines. It's Rich in Homewood. Wants to talk about Connor Bedard and his interaction with the crowd. Go ahead, Rich. You're on WGN. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Rich. Go. Yo, I, I just want to say I love the post-game show. I'm, I'm heading home from the UC with my daughter, Taylor, who was uh, in from Bellingham. She saw the Colorado game and the Winnipeg game. Those are two pretty good games to see. But anyway, at the end of the, when they did the three stars, when they interviewed Bedard, for the first time, I noticed he was looking up at the 300 level. The fans, there must have been about a fifth of us still in the UC cheering Makita, and I've been, when the Hawks are in last place, you don't see the place packed like you do. He, he is so special. That being said, I thought Morazic should have been number one star. <laughs> Rich, thank you very much. Safe travel. Sounds like you're driving home, and congratulations that you and your family were able to catch that game, and, and the other game against Colorado, too. Uh, sounds like some good luck charms, so maybe come out to the UC a little bit more. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a great interview with Jenna Rose. She and John Hansen do such a fantastic job here at the United Center and um, talking to Bedard about the fan base. And I know that's kind of like a go-to question, but when the fan base is literally crying over Connor Bedard, you see the one fan towards the end of the game on the television broadcast, there was there was, there was a woman like in tears of the performance of Connor Bedard, and sometimes that's just what sports can do, and that's what's cool, and that's what's magical about it, and that's what we all love about it. But 
for him to soak it in in the middle of his answer to Jenna's question was just such a cool touch and such a cool moment. And he's he's always said the right things and he's always gone about everything the right way. But the fact that he really took it in, it just seemed like a very natural human moment that he really is understanding the type of love and vibe that Chicago is giving him right now. And, and hopefully so, because it seems like there's a lot of it and it's, it's rightly deserved as well. Uh, again, Connor Bedard with both goals tonight, including the game winner. Let's hear from the 18-year-old, number 98. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was a competitive game. They're a really good team and um, they played the right way. And um, yeah, I think just kind of we have to really stick with it, and uh, it's good to pull out the two points for sure. We've talked about Peter Morazic a lot this year, and, and how critical was he tonight, especially in that first period when you guys were struggling to generate? Yeah, it's crazy some of the saves he makes on a, on a nightly basis, and um, he's been unreal um, every game, and um, you know whether it's him or Sildes, you know, we got a lot of trust in both, and obviously Raz is, uh, you know, tonight was, was pretty special, so it was, it was, you know, it was huge for us. You can't be goals, but having... The first one, and then the game winner. How important was that for you to have it at this point? Um, it's always nice to score goals, and um, you know, especially kind of the crowd tonight was was awesome. So it was uh, obviously nice to to get the win in overtime. And um, yeah, like I said, it always feels the or always feels good to score goals. And um, yeah, I don't know if I thought about it overly, but yeah, it feels nice. Your first goal, you just kept driving on it, and there there it was. I mean, it's the, you know the second effort or third effort. Yeah, it's a, it a good play by Kershey and Murph, and. Um, you know, I just kept kind of whacking it, and uh, eventually it went in. So uh, I think it's, you got to have some of those kind of garbage ones, and, and that might have been my first one like that. So it's uh, it's good to see one of those going. On the OT goal, what did you see? Did, did you know how that was going to play out, or did you go on instinct on that? Uh, I mean, most things are kind of instinct, but uh, I just saw a lane, and, um, you know, I'm in the middle of, middle of the ice, so I thought I'd, you know, shoot the puck and, and try to hit a spot, and uh, fortunately it went in. I know uh, – Korczynski had an OT goal, and Kershev had an OT goal. Did you feel like you had to join the club? I don't know. Uh, I just, I obviously, I thought it'd be nice to get one, and um, happy I did. But whoever scored it, we would have been, uh, we would have been pretty pumped. You were finishing a lot of checks tonight too. You guys played a really physical game. Do you think that helped kind of grind them down a little bit too, and, and give you some momentum there? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think um, you know they got a lot of really good players, and um, you know when you keep finishing the checks, maybe it wears on them a little bit, but um, no, they're a great team, and uh, we knew kind of going in on their D, they got some guys that can really get up the ice and, and make some plays, so uh, try to finish them and, and maybe not let them get up. I mean, shortly before your goal, it was like almost 15 minutes before you guys had your first shot on a goal. Were you guys even aware of that? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, obviously not the start we wanted, and, um, you know, Raz was huge for us at the start there, and, um, and then I think, you know, that was a big thing. Coming into the first, we, we knew that we had a lot more, and, and we were lucky to be to be up. So, um, yeah, I think we, we knew that we hadn't created enough and gotten their end and, and kind of played down low enough. So, um, you know, that, that that can't be happening. Did the uh, the mixed lines have anything to do with it, just getting used to each other, or did you not even notice that? Um, I didn't notice. I mean, I've personally played with Fliggs and, and Kershaw a lot this year. Um, now I guess some of the other – but I think everyone's almost played with everyone at, at this point. And, um, you know, uh, everyone's – good player fun to play with so uh maybe there's a little adjustment for a couple shifts but you know i, I don't see that as an excuse or, or kind of uh, any reason to, to not have shots we mentioned tonight bedard becomes the youngest blackhawk in 
franchise history to score an overtime game-winning goal. He becomes the third youngest player ever in NHL history with an overtime game-winning goal. The only two younger, Sidney Crosby and Jordan Stahl. On the outside, now Scandella off the middle, shoots, he scores! Scandella with a neighbor's screen and the Blues take a 2-0 lead! That is John Kelly of Bally Sports Midwest, and that is our next game preview, which is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago. They do it right the first time. That's because the St. Louis Blues hosted the Dallas Stars today. St. Louis a 2-1 winner. They've now won five out of their last six since Drew Bannister took over. And the Hawks will take on the Dallas Stars on Friday night, a 7 o'clock puck drop, a 6.30 FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show. And weirdly enough, the next two games for the Hawks are both against Dallas and in Texas. Let's take a look around the league after this Hawks 2-1 overtime winner against the Winnipeg Jets. And we will start in New York. Zibanejad gains the zone, holding Kuznetsov on him, pass through Trocek, now Panarin, scores! Artemi Panarin hits a power play goal! Rangers lead 2-1! Sam Rosen of MSG Network, the Rangers with the best record in the NHL, only the fifth time in franchise history they've had that mark around Christmas time. Let's go to Buffalo. DeBrusque back of the cage. Out in front, they score! Charlie Coyle, top shelf from five feet away, just drilled it by the glove end of Levi. A power play goal, 2 nothing Bruins. That's our guy Judd Surratt of 98.5, the Sports Hub. Boston ends its four-game losing skit, a 4-1 victory over the Buffalo Sabres. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers. Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help back at the WGN studios, our production crew of Colin McCarthy and Michael DeLonardis. Another big thanks to our engineer tonight, the captain, Dan Long. Here at the United Center, our reporter was Jack Heinrich. Our Hall of Fame engineer is Paul Zerang. John Weidman and Troy Murray had the call tonight. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand signing off.